Penn State versus Maryland. Here's what you need to know about both teams heading into tomorrow's game. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. My name is Zach Seiko. Thanks so much for joining me if you're listening. I appreciate it, as always, wherever you get your podcasts. If you are watching, thank you so much for checking out the video version of this podcast over on YouTube. You can subscribe there and hit the bell to get notifications whenever I post a new video, uh, a new episode. Happy Veterans Day to everybody that has served this great country. Thank you so much for what you've done for the United States of America. I really do appreciate that. I thought I'd uh, at least pay some sort of appreciation, some sort of tribute to the brave men and women that have served. Uh, In today's episode, we are talking about everything Penn State and Maryland, the Nittany Lions, Terrapins. It is a full game preview. Uh, I'll open up the show, just the setting, everything that's going to be the the stage that is set for tomorrow's game at Beaver Stadium, and then the headlines for both Maryland and Penn State. Uh, What's on the other side of things? How do Maryland fans see this team? How do Penn Penn State fans, you yourself, see this team? And then when each team has the football, How do the Terrapins operate when they're on offense and how will Penn State counter on defense and vice versa? The Nittany Lions, what do they want to do with the football when they have it? And then how's Maryland going to try and counter? Final segment, we will give a prediction. I will give you my prediction. I want you to comment wherever you can, wherever you get your podcast. So I want you to comment on YouTube if you can. Your final score prediction and any bold predictions you might have, I'm going to share with you uh, one of my own. But all the players that Penn State and Maryland will have key matchups as well. Like I said, full game preview, everything you need to know about tomorrow's game. Okay, so it's at Beaver Stadium. We know that it's a home game, a 3.30 kick on Fox Television. Uh, The temperature is supposed to be in the mid-40s, cloudy skies, some passing showers along the way through. Uh, There's supposed to be a lot of rain today uh, in Pennsylvania, so it's supposed to taper off at least in University Park over Beaver Stadium for tomorrow's game, aside for some passing storms. And they could miss, uh, honestly, if I'm being uh, if I get to play weatherman here uh, in this situation. Penn State is ranked 14th, according to the college football playoff, and we know that Maryland is unranked. Penn State is seven and two overall, four and two in the Big Ten. Maryland is six and three. Three and three in the Big Ten, and both teams are members of the Big Ten East. Uh, back in 2021, just last year, Penn State won the game at Maryland 31 to 14. Penn State's Jair Brown had a game ceiling pick six. Maryland was threatening in the fourth, and Jair Brown said, All right, enough of that. Jumped around and took it almost, I think, 80 yards, uh, maybe even over that. Uh, in 2020, that was the uh the gut, that was the gut check for Penn State, the gut punch. Penn State ended up losing that game. Maryland jumped out convincingly, and Penn State had some garbage points. I mean, the 2020 season, 
I try not to remember it. I know that Penn State players that were on that team try not to remember it. And, and that was the insult to injury. That was after the Indiana loss, the Ohio State loss. And Penn State was a 28-point favorite in that game. And they came up empty-handed. 35-19 uh, to 19 was the final. But the year before that was the 59 to nothing Penn State drubbing at College Park. Uh, that was a Friday night game, and Penn State just just handled them. Penn State has dominated the series six and two in the last eight matchups. I mean, this series dates all the back all the way back to 1917. Maryland's only won three games in this series. Penn State owns it 41 to three with one tie. Uh, but two of the wins coming in the last eight matchups, as I mentioned, for the Terrapins. Uh, remember the uh, pee on the glove gate, or I, I guess there, I don't know if there's really a proper name to give that, but uh, Maryland players wouldn't shake the hands of Penn State players. And the uh, excuse that they made, the rumor that was going around was that Penn State players had decided to uh, pee on their gloves and go shake the hands of their opponent. Uh, and that was uh, James Franklin's first year with Penn State after Bill O'Brien left coaching in 2012 and 2013 and Franklin took over. And then that's when Maryland uh, in the Big Ten and then this uh, rivalry ensued. And I, I will get into why I think this Penn State Maryland series is, in fact, a rivalry. Uh, but how about we get into some uh, more headlines with Penn State being a minus 10 favorite. They are a 10-point favorite with the total at 57. It's kind of moved up and down. I've seen it at 60 at some points. Uh, it looks like it's settled at 57. The Maryland headlines, uh, this is a good team. This is a quality team, better than expected, and they have a chip on their shoulder. Uh, the Terrapins uh, gave Michigan a fight earlier in the season. Uh, they're a team that uh, isn't getting pushed around anymore. They're not at the bottom of the Big Ten so as much. They, they've moved their way up. They can score a bunch of points offensively. This is more of an offensive team. However, their defense also lets up a bunch of points. You could pretty much drive a Mack truck through the Maryland defense. Um, one of the articles that had came out about Maryland going into this game was that the defense is seeking more consistency on that side of the football. Will it come to fruition against a Penn State team? That is yet to be seen. Uh, Talia actually feels Talia Tungavaloa is the quarterback. I like to call him right-handed Tua uh, because he is the younger brother of Tua Tungavaloa, the Alabama product, and now the Miami Dolphins quarterback. Uh, they've won every game that he started, and Talia sees that, and he's like, hey, you know, I, I need to match what my brother's doing in the NFL. Uh, and in addition to that, he's going to need some help uh, in the passing game, if he's going to want to live up to what two is doing with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Gesicki, a former Penn State player, of course. Uh, and the wide receiver core is a little banged up for Maryland. Uh, Rakim Jarrett, who was a former five-star recruit, uh, Penn State had been in contact with him. He ultimately chose Maryland. He's got a knee injury that he's dealing with. He is this year's leading wide receiver. Uh, but he might not be 100%. He might not even go in this game tomorrow. He is questionable, uh, but kind of like Penn State does Maryland, you got to play some detective work to get their overall injury report. Now, on Penn State side of things, for headlines to open up with, uh, there's a lot of people banged up to this point. Now, that's also the case for Maryland, but you look at the list that the internet, the media have put together based on what we've seen at open availability and practices in the middle of the week. And I'm starting to run out of fingers to count on missing key players. 
this is everybody who's banged up or or injured, right? Key Bunley, Tyler Warren, Sal Wormley, Caden Wallace, Landon Tangwall's out for the season, Olu Fashionu, Hunter Norzad, Nick Dawkins, a rotational backup offensive lineman, but you haven't seen him as much because he's not available. Chop Robinson falls in that category, even though he played, he's still questionable. He played last week in the in the in Penn State's win over Indiana, but and, and he played against Ohio State, but he missed the week before. Uh, so Chop Robinson falls in that category as well. Curtis Jacobs left the Indiana game early, and is he going to be back? He was missing from practice. So that's not a good sign if he's missing from Wednesday's uh, media availability. And Tyler Elsden. Tyler Elsden was seen at practice, even though he was banged up in the Indiana game. But he uh, was not doing a lot of uh, hitting. It was a lot of uh, individual non-contact work, if you will. So I imagine that they're going to see how he can, if he can go. But that doesn't mean that he's ultimately going to play. We've seen Kevon Lee. He's dressing up in these games and warmups, but he's not playing, uh, strangely enough. Uh, another headline for Penn State is the offensive line makeup. So when I gave you uh, a rundown of what we believe to be the injury report for Penn State, how many offensive linemen did I name? Sal Wormley, Caden Wallace, Olu Fashionu, Nick Dawkins, Hunter Norzad, just, and not everyone's injured, but they're all banged up at a, at a minimum. And the offensive line is going to be in a makeshift situation. Drew Shelton's at left tackle. Is Hunter Norzak going to play after getting rolled up on in the Indiana game, even though he did return to action, but it was limited. Uh, there could be lingering effects to that. Uh, J.B. Nelson performed well. Juice Scruggs has been a mainstay at center. He's been the anchor. Sal Wormley's banged up. Uh, Caden Wallace was at practice himself leading up to this game, but is he going to play against Maryland? And then you'll have Bryce Effner at right tackle. Apparently, Vanga Yuane, who's the uh, recruit from all the way on the other side of the West Coast, they expect him to start to see an increased role with what's available for Penn State. So it's it's getting pretty rough for all, along the offensive line. If and, it, and I'll say this about the Penn State team. If they had to go into tougher matchups, like, like a Purdue, like an Auburn, like a Minnesota, like uh, obviously Ohio State and Michigan, not that it needs to be said, but you had a bulk of your starting offensive line for those big crucial games. And now that the season's winding down and you're getting better matchups, you're just getting crummier teams to say the least. Uh, Maryland's a good team. Uh, this is the toughest opponent that Penn State has left on its schedule. Uh, but you are you're playing some of the worst in the Big Ten with Michigan State, Rutgers, and Indiana, three of your final four games. So kind of a little bit of luck for Penn State here. I know that everybody's banged up, but uh, I'm keeping my eye on the offensive line in this game. And the consensus is that they go 10-2, and two, you know, that people expect them to be in a New Year's Six Bowl. I've been saying that pretty consistently, but all the, all the fans are under the impression that this is what this Penn State team will do and finish either in or around the top 10 in the college football playoff rankings. And this is their toughest game. They got to get through this one and then – uh, Rutgers and Michigan State, I think, are definitely wins uh, in at the end of the schedule. It's an emotional game. Penn State, Maryland, you, like I said, you had the game where they wouldn't shake hands. You had uh, the game at m and Bank Stadium the year after. You've had the drubbings of Penn State uh, beating Maryland the way they did. Maryland canceled classes 
for one of those games and ended up losing as bad as they did. Is it a rivalry, though? Is it a rivalry? I say it is. Even though Penn State's controlled this series all the way back to 1917, but I say it is because just at least of right now, maybe not back in the day, it wasn't really a rivalry, but because of the people involved. James Franklin is a Maryland guy. Born and raised in Pennsylvania, went to college at East Stroudsburg. I, I know that his roots are here, but he was the coach in waiting at Maryland. You don't think this game means anything to him? You think that this is just another Big Ten game, 1-0 mentality? Absolutely not. He was the OC waiting. The offensive coordinator in waiting to take over for Ralph Ringen, What became impatient, found an opening at Vanderbilt, took it, came to Penn State, rest is history. I get that, but you got to think about that. That's essentially your, uh, your ex right there, especially with what they had told you, what they promised you, but they didn't follow through. I don't know the entire story, but I got to imagine that this is very personal to James Franklin. In addition to that, you have a lot of players that are from Maryland that are at Penn State that have been uh, coming to Penn State from the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, the DMV that Maryland has to recruit heavily because that's its area, right? Uh, and James Franklin has shown that he can recruit that area very well. So there's a battle consistently, uh, consistently, whether they're doing that just over the course of one game a year, they're battling all year long for these key players, and Penn State wins these recruiting battles nine times out of ten. So this is personal, uh, and guys like Denai Dennis Sutton, P.J. Mustafer, uh, they're Maryland guys, and this is going to be a fun game for them. Chop Robinson transferred from there, so I hope to see the energy, the electricity from both sides because this is an important game. Maryland feels like it has a chip on its shoulder since they have been beaten down in recent memory, only have the two wins in the last eight meetings, uh, and Penn State just feels like they've dominated this whole time, but it is personal based on everybody that's involved. My name is Zach Seiko, and this is Locked on Nittany Lions, or Penn State Maryland preview. Going through some headlines to start. When we come back, I am going to take you through how Penn State and Maryland will approach things when they have the football and how the defenses will counter. It is Locked on Nittany Lions. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. It's easy to get started and easy to play while you are watching your favorite team, the Penn State Nittany Lions, play some football. And it's available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just Penn State, and decide if they will finish higher or lower than their stat. One of the easiest fantasy games to play out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Sign up with the promo code Locked On, and that's one word, Locked On, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on, one word, locked on, and get in on the college football pick'em action today. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. 
I am Zach Seiko, your host as always. Uh, we've recapped Indiana, previewed uh, Maryland over the last episode. Go check that one out. I partnered with Nate Dickinson of Locked On Big Ten to give you that overall perspective of what Maryland uh, is doing this season. In addition to Penn State, we got a perspective on Penn State that I don't think uh, as insiders and as fans of Penn State, you know, what's that outsider perspective? How do they see the Nittany Lions? Go check that out yesterday, available obviously wherever you get your podcast and now on YouTube. Thank you so much for watching the show. Please subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. Hit the bell for notifications and comment your score prediction and any bold predictions you think will happen in this Penn State Maryland game. All right, how about Penn State? When they have the football, what are they going to do with it when they try to score? I don't think Penn State will have any issues moving the football. Uh, if they do, it's because they are holding themselves back. That's uh, Sean Clifford not having a good game. That's the offensive line maybe not gelling as well this time around. Uh, but I think that Penn State will not have any issues. Uh, weather permitting, of course, we don't exactly know how influential the weather will be in this game. Uh, but... I do expect Penn State to have no problems moving the football. Uh, Sean Clifford will play the entirety of this game. I don't see it getting out of control uh, where it is a total dominating performance like it was against Indiana because this is a better Maryland team. If it's going to be roughly a, a 7-10, to 10, maybe a 14-point game, and I guess I'm kind of tipping my hand with my prediction uh, right here, but Sean Clifford will play the entirety of this game uh, if he's available, of course. And uh, we will not see Drew Aller come in for a quarter and a half. I just want to get that out there. So uh, if that's what you came to check in for, when will our Aller play? He will not. You got to wait till Rutgers. Uh, both Catron and Allen, Nicholas Singleton, Catron Allen, Nicholas Singleton can thrive in this game. This is uh, a much needed game for both of them, even though because Catron Allen has taken the reins, but Nic Nicholas Singleton, ever since those Ohio and Auburn performances, we haven't really seen him take over again. I expect him that to, to have that kind of performance here where he can take over and flash that ability because Maryland, while they are a better defensive team, they're sure better tacklers. Uh, they're more disciplined, but they're not ultimately speedy or fast. They kind of do a little bit of everything rather than being overly good at one thing. And one of those things is run defense. Catron uh, Allen and Nicholas Singleton, if the weather is bad, this really benefits them. Now, the wide receivers and tight ends, uh, they should have no issues. Let's just say that. Uh, and you can go to anybody with the football. You can go to a Parker Washington. You can go to a Mitchell Tinsley. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the Maryland defenders you need to know about in a second. Uh, but the tight ends should have no problems because the linebacking core really isn't that great in pass defense. So I, I like some tight end matchups. You can get Theo Johnson and Brenton Strange involved over the middle. I am concerned about the offensive line because this is a better defensive group for Maryland. Uh, while Maryland doesn't necessarily offer any more resistance, they are just a better group because Penn State did play Indiana. It was Indiana last week. You can only give them so much credit. Uh, if I'm Maryland, I'm running stunt blitzes. I'm running stunt pass rushes, even with just your front four. They do play a little bit of a base 3-4 defense, but when they come after you with uh, two down defensive linemen and two edge rushers, uh, they will run some stunts, and I think that may confuse a Penn State offensive line that uh, has a true freshman at left tackle, Andrew Shelton. Uh, has some inconsistency now with all the plug-and-play offensive linemen in the group. Like You want that consistency, and I know that's what practice is for, 
But then you go into the live action and it's like, okay, is this going to carry over? Uh, Drew Shelton will get attacked. They are going to target him. They are going to try to pressure the blind side of Sean Clifford. So Penn State's got to do a good job of using an extra blocker, whether that's Brenton Strange to chip or leaving in a Catron Allen and a Nicholas Singleton to block on that side. Caden Wallace was back at practice. So uh, if you can slide him over to the left tackle, maybe a Bryce Effner, whatever you need to do, you just have insurance uh, in case Drew Shelton does struggle a little bit. Uh, but your offensive line, bottom line, is not the same. It is not the same when Olu Fashionu and Caden Wallace are not 100%. Like, that's just the that's just the fact of the matter. Sal's banged up too. Sal Wormley, he's not 100%, and hopefully he can go the full game because if you have to take him out at any point in time and plug in another true freshman like a Vega Yuane, that's going to be tough to tougher to overcome. As talented as these guys are, they are still freshmen. They are going to make freshman mistakes, and that's okay. Uh, for Maryland's defense, how will they counter? They have three players that you really need to key in on, uh, not an overall defensive scheme where it's like, man, they can really overwhelm you. I, I have three players that you need to have picked out, and one of them is Bo Braid. Uh, he's a do-it-all safety. You need to find him when he's on the football field, where he lines up because he's physical, leading tackler with 60-plus tackles. He's got multiple force fumbles, multiple passes defended, multiple interceptions. Like He is a true do-it-all defender. Uh, I like his game, and I like what he does just as a run defender and a guy in pass coverage. Uh, Jacorian Bennett would be the equivalent of Maryland's Joey Porter Jr. He's not as good, but heck, he's second in the Big Ten and passes defended, pass breakups behind Joey Porter Jr. So whoever he matches up on, if he stays on a side of the field or if he does decide to shadow a Parker Washington or a Mitchell Tinsley, that will be a battle to keep an eye on all game. Uh, Jay Sean Barham. Uh, this is a guy that Penn State actually wanted, a uh, true freshman. He's actually second on the in the team with tackles, with 41 of them. And as a true freshman, I mean, that's really impressive, especially since he's not a bona fide starter. He's a guy they use in a rotational role, uh, even though his uh, playing time has progressed and gotten a lot more as the season's gone on. But he's a guy that they use in blitz packages because he was a defensive end in high school. Uh, he has that capability of just being an overall athlete. Uh, they use him similarly to Micah Parsons. And I know that's a strong comparison, but he's a former five-star. He's an athletic freak, and they can use him in a multitude of ways. You just need to account for him on defense. But as far as Maryland goes, like I said, you can pinpoint about two, three guys out of 11. The rest of them just kind of fall into place. They fall in line. They gave up 24 to Northwestern. They gave up 33 to Indiana. That tells you everything you need to know, right? They allow 24 points per game on average. Uh, the defense is just not that great, and I don't think Penn State will have any problems moving the football, but that's who you need to account for if you are going to move the football. When Maryland has the football, what do they do when they're on offense? Uh, they give you a spread look. They run out of shotgun very frequently. Uh, Talia Tungavaloa, right-handed Tua, the younger brother, uh, he is the quarterback, and he's a dual threat. Now, Tua's more of a pocket passer. He will run when he has to, but Talia runs when he wants to, and I think that's an underrated element of his game. You need to be aware of when Talia tucks the football, and that's going to be an issue uh, if Penn State's going to be missing its linebackers, Curtis Jacobs, Tyler Elsden, what's their status? That's down two starters, and that's a big deal with the way that we've seen Jonathan Sutherland perform 
Uh, Abdul Carter's a true freshman. As athletic as he is, he's a freshman, and you might lose that contain. Uh, that is going to be a big matchup here for Penn State, containing Talia when he decides to run the football. This team averages 31.4 points per game, so they can score the football, and they try to push. They try to run the score. They really do. They want to try to outscore you. They don't want to hold this game to a 14-7, 17-14 type of uh, slugfest. Their running backs are Roman Hemby and Antoine Littleton, uh, redshirt freshman in the program, talented but uh, inexperienced. And, they, and Roman Hemby's the guy. He's the number one guy Antoine Littleton psych, uh, cycles in. Their leading targets, Dante Demas and Rakim Jarrett. Jarrett might not be available. He's the leading receiver this year. Dante Demas was the leading guy last year up until he had an ACL injury. So they're both of them just aren't the same. They're not 100%. We might not even see Jarrett tomorrow, but if we do, he's Talia's favorite target this year. Uh, Dante Demas is still, it just looks like he's working back to football speed with recovering from the ACL injury. Um, the offensive line uh, is okay for Maryland. I, I'll go back to the targets. They do have uh, two guys, two tight ends, that can actually factor into the pack, uh, passing game, and that is Deitches and Dupree. Uh, Talia will go to both of them. They seem pretty balanced when it comes to them, so linebackers are going to have heavy responsibility in pass coverage over the middle. For Penn State's defense, they should hypothetically benefit from a game with questionable weather. What, what does well in these kind of weather games? Your running game and your defense, and Penn State has both of those this year. So if it does get poor, if it does get into poor weather conditions, I mean, Maryland, we saw last week, they struggled to move the football against Wisconsin because the weather wasn't that great. It wasn't pouring, but it was muggy. It was wet. There was, you know, the wind was blowing fairly heavily. I, I, I like Penn State, especially if the weather conditions uh, do help out here because Maryland, just that, that aerial attack does not travel as well. And, and we've seen that happen. Uh, but Penn State's defense will blitz a lot. We know that. Uh, I think the blitzes will have an advantage because the offensive line has a new center in. Their backup center is playing. Their running backs aren't particularly great at picking up the pass rush. Uh, so that could actually be a good thing. However, however, it's not that simple. Maryland is a team that likes to run a lot of screen plays. Maryland, what they will do is let the pressure come to them. And if Talia, Talia is smart, he's a veteran. He's going to wait for that pressure to come to him. He might even take a hit. And then when six, seven guys uh, are blitzing at you, you have open field right over the middle. A tight end screen, a wide receiver screen, a running back leaks out of the backfield. You got to be, you, you just got to be smart for that. You got to be able to try to contain that. Uh, and if Manny Diaz is going to over blitz, and there's only four guys left with a convoy of blockers leading for very athletic players, whether it's Demas, whether it's the tight ends, uh, Hemby or Littleton uh, when they take a pass. So you got to contain Tua. You can't let him run out of the backfield freely. He will tuck in and run on design runs. It's not just him scrambling out. Uh, he will use his legs by design and by choice. And you got to be aware of those screens. I know they are, but with the way Manny Diaz blitzes, I wonder if he's going to dial it back so that he doesn't over pursue. And then Maryland gets a big chunk play because of it uh, when you should be stopping them on third down. Uh, the secondary will win the battle against this limited receiving core. Like I said, uh, Joey Porter Jr., Kalen King, Johnny Dixon, they're just all better. They're just more, they're just more talented, even with a uh, Rakim Jarrett and a Dante Demas both on the field. 
Now, they're both 100%. That's a more enticing battle that I'd want to watch. However, given their status, I don't know that they're just going to be as competitive with a group that's just been really, they've just been on fire all season. I think Penn State's secondary, they say top 10. Uh, some people say top five. I say number one in the country. Like, I, I am sold on this group. Uh, they just shut them down, and the pa passing games just have no chance when it comes to Penn State. This is Locked on Nittany Lions. My name is Zach Seiko. It is the full game preview episode of Penn State and Maryland. When we come back, I am going to give you my official score prediction. I want you to comment yours. Please comment yours. If you were watching on YouTube, write in the comments. Give me your score prediction. Let's see, who's, let's see who has the closer score. Uh, and I'm picking Penn State. I will tell you that right now. But I'm going to give you my score and my reasoning behind it coming up after this. Today's episode is sponsored by Simply Safe. If you've thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Nittany Lions listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. That's right, 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year. You don't want to miss it. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real. So you can get priority police response. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than a dollar a day. That's less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. Don't miss your chance to say big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/slash locked on college. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, let's wrap this game preview up. Penn State versus Maryland. Final reminder, 3.30 kickoff tomorrow at Beaver Stadium. It's on Fox, and Penn State is a 10-point favorite with the total settling around 57. This could change uh, if the weather is going to be a little bit unexpected in the forecast. Um, so I, I like Penn State in this game. I, I do. I, I've been a, a proponent of believing in them to go 10-2, and two from the start of the season, but now with the way that the schedule is lining up. Uh, in short, Penn State wins this game 42-27 to 27 over Maryland. If the weather holds off, uh, this is a game where Maryland's just going to try to outscore big brother in Penn State, and Penn State's going to say, no, little brother, we're, we're better than you. Anything you can do, we can do better. Uh, this is the case of that. Maryland likes to outscore teams, and They've been able to do that to an extent, but not against better teams, not against a Michigan. Uh, the Wisconsin game, I don't really take that into consideration because of the conditions, but they couldn't outscore Purdue. It was a 31-29 to game. Uh, Penn State will be able to handle this game. This favors them very well. This is a spread type of team. They are built for these kinds of teams, the way that Maryland likes to operate on offense. Maryland just can't stop the opponent. It's not that Maryland can't score. It's not that they're not a good football team. They just have trouble stopping better teams. Uh, if there is inclement weather, I think that benefits the Nittany Lions all the more. I think the score would be much more out of reach, especially if Maryland can't get any footing on offense. Uh, if it were to be a nasty storm uh, of any sort, I don't think we're going to see that tomorrow. 
course, I'm not a weatherman pretending to be one, uh, but Penn State, I think they would win by three touchdowns if that was the case. Uh, two key matchups to watch for, and they're both on the line of scrimmage. One, Penn State's pass rush against Maryland's offensive line uh, and containing Talia. So those two elements there against Penn State's pass rush. If you over-pursue, Talia will make you pay. If Again, if you over-pursue, the screen game that Maryland likes to set up will make you pay. So just be conscious of that, uh, depending on the veterans that are or are not available defensively. Another key matchup is Penn State's offensive line against Maryland's uh, more so defensive coaching. Uh, if the coaching is there, they will take advantage of the makeshift offensive line for Penn State. They will attack Drew Shelton's side. They will try to press on Sean Clifford's blind side and, and try to force him to roll out quite a bit, spy him so that he's not able to freely run up the field. And this could make for some headaches for Penn State, but I think they'll be able to overcome it because they have that balance of Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton. So that leads right into my bold prediction. I think Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen easily get over 100 yards. I don't know how bold that is, uh, but it's been a while since Singleton's run for over 100. Katron Allen is getting there pretty, he's getting close. Uh, he had over 150 total yards last week against Indiana. On the ground, you can book it. Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen, over 200 together with both of them each getting 100 yards. Penn State's going to finish 10-2. and two. They're going to finish 7-2 and two in the Big Ten. This is the toughest game they have on the schedule. Maryland's going to come in pumped up, uh, but they're going to be sent home uh, pretty upset with the way that the game's going to go. Penn State 42, Maryland 27. I like the Nittany Lions in this one, and you should too. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of Locked on Nittany Lions. Uh, check out, be on the lookout for a Locked on Now, my 60-second recap of the game as it goes final tomorrow. And then on Monday, I'm going to recap it all. We got plenty of stuff to talk about. All the Penn State sports are in action. Uh, the Big Ten uh, championship went to Penn State women's soccer. They ended up winning that game. They're in the NCAA tournament. Penn State wrestling wrestles uh, Lock Haven at home tonight in Rec Hall. Penn State men's basketball is 2-0 and on the season. I got plenty to recap for you after the weekend in addition to football. I hope you will join me here on Locked on Nittany Lions. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.